0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We're just uh, hoping that God just touches you right where you are today. Thank you for joining us in your home. Man, this has been a long time, but uh, I'm so glad today that I've actually got some people to preach to. I'm so excited about that. Um, And uh, the other day I was just thinking of something very encouraging as I woke up. I, I was just thinking... That, uh, you know, my current situation is not my final destination. Where God is taking me, this is just part of it. And uh, we're just standing with you and standing for you. And uh, I know that God's going to get us through this. Uh, Whatever God brings you to, God will bring you through. I know that sounds cliche, but man, it works. And uh, so I just pray that God blesses you today. God encourages you and your heart is strengthened. And uh, if we can somehow encourage your faith today, that's what we want to do by the reading of God's word and preaching a little bit. I'm excited about something happening this week. I want you to join us for our seven-day four-gospel challenge. That's what we call it, seven-day four-gospel challenge. We'll make this available after the meeting today on our social uh, platforms, social media platforms, and uh, how to do this. This is just walking through all four Gospels, reading all four Gospels in seven days. Yes, it can be done. It may take you about 60 minutes or so a day. Maybe you can do two segments of 30 minutes or three segments of 20 minutes. However you want to do it, it's great great to read um, the four Gospels it just does something to you when you study the life of Jesus the teachings of Jesus and you see the miracles of Jesus and you get those four different perspectives of the life and times of Jesus it's so encouraging so we just want to throw that challenge out this week that it's the seven day four gospel challenge and like I said we'll be putting that up after uh, the service today so let's get ready just to read God's word so open your Bible or click on your device to James chapter 1 verse 21 and and 22. I love the Word of God, love reading the Word of God, and we strongly here believe in the Word of God. And I believe that the Word is healing. There is a healing Word, and it is the Bible. The Bible is the healing Word of God. I want to preach to you today about the healing Word. In James chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and, and the evil, that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Here at our church, one of our core values is we trust the Bible. We trust the Word of God. In these times you know, of uncertainty, you need something to stand on. You need something certain. You need the Word of God. And so we trust the Bible. We, uh, here at our church, we just make the Word of God a focus of our meetings. It, it is just something that is central to our meetings. And we learn about the Word of God, we understand the Word, we grow in the Word, and we really believe that we should live according to the Word. We apply it to every area of our lives. So we trust the Bible here. That's one of our core values at our church. But I also believe today, I want to declare to you, that uh, through the Word, through the Bible, you can receive salvation, healing, and deliverance. I believe that with all my heart. Now that I have some people in the room, they can say amen. Don't have to text amen. uh, But in verse 21, I like it because in verse 21, it's talking about that the word of life for the word of life uh, has power to continually deliver us. And then in verse 22, it's, it's a matter of being actively and continually obeying God's word. That's what it means. Not just to hear the word, but do the word. It means actively and continually obeying God's word. I love that. It used the King James uses the word engrafted here. Now, that word you would use uh, if you're talking about trees and plants and things like that, you engraft, you engraft a branch or something like that. It's uh, kind of a word that you use in those terms, but it means to germinate, it means to grow, it means to produce. But it's very interesting because in the other translations, most translations use the word implanted. Implanted. The word of God must or should be or will be implanted. In your heart. So it means rooted. So the word of God has to take root, meaning it has to uh, get a hold of something. In order for it to last, it's got to grab a hold of something, it has to take a hold. So, in order for you to receive the full impact. And the effectiveness of God's word, it has to be planted, yes, but it has to take root. It's got to go deeper than just hearing it, as the writer here is saying, as James is saying. It has to be something that it takes a root. It begins to change your life. It begins to affect every area of your life. And this is what it means. It takes hold of your heart. So let the word of God take hold of your heart. The other thing I like this about this word is it literally means, it kind of means a surgical procedure, right? It means a surgical procedure. That's what it means to be it. So in Hebrews chapter 4, the second half of verse 12 says that the word of God cuts through bone and joints. Think about it. And it reveals the heart, what the heart is thinking and where the heart wants to go. That's what it says in, in Hebrews. And so that's the Word of God. And he said you need to receive it with meekness, the engrafted Word. In other words, that's the power of the Word. The power of the Word has the ability to connect to your heart and get into your life so much so that it changes your actions. It's a procedure that God does by His word. I love that. The Bible is the word of salvation. It's the word of healing. It's the word of deliverance. And so if you need salvation today, if you need healing today, and if you need deliverance today, amen, this book's for you. This word is for you. And uh, I believe a, a few things about the word when I read the word. Number one, I see God in this book. I see God. God's in this book. It's not just a historical book or a book that uh, it's like an ancient text of the Christians, like, you know, the ancient text of the Jedi. No, it's more than that. God is in this book. Jesus spoke in Revelation and he said, behold, I come in the volume of the book. And there's three things I see about this that maybe sometimes Christians are a little afraid to recognize or talk about this. But I see three things when I read the Bible. I see the science of God. I see the system of God, and I see the structure of God. So what does that mean? That means that I know who God is, how God works, and what God wants to do. So the the science of God is who God is. The system of God is how God works, and then the structure of God is what God wants to do and how He wants to do it. That's the structure of God. And I see that in the Bible. It's all through the Bible, all through the Word of God as you read it. I like what one person said long ago, said, when you read the Bible, come with a spoon to be fed, not a fork to poke at it or a knife to cut it to pieces. Amen. So we need to look at the word of God as a word that feeds us because the word is alive. It brings healing. The healing word. God wrote the Bible right. I tend to get it wrong. Is that right? We tend to get it wrong. God wrote it right. And so because we get it wrong sometimes, I've heard people say recently that that there's a lot of bad theology in the church. Well, in order to replace bad theology, if there is, maybe there is, in order to replace bad theology, what do you replace it with? Not no theology, you replace it with good theology. And so God wants us to get into the Word because the Word is right. And the more we get into the Word, I believe the more we can get it right. And so let's not be uh, deterred by what other people say. And maybe they have negative experience with the word of God or preachers or churches. But that doesn't uh, dwindle down or that doesn't make the word of God no effect in our lives. It's still, amen, the word of God. And it's still a healing word. And I believe that uh, the fire of God in my life is fueled by the Word of God. Notice that. The passion of God or the fire of God is fueled by the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God tells me and shows me where the Holy Spirit is directing me. Think about it. The Word of God lets me know what God's doing in my life. He lets me know, the Word lets me know as I read the Word. I understand what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life and where He's leading me. Because certainly the Holy Spirit is going to lead us, right? And that's what the Bible says. And so I want to encourage you today and just say this and speak over your life. If Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of your life, be encouraged today. Amen. That Every book that God has written has been a bestseller. So your life is a book that God is writing, and God has never wrote a bad book. Amen. Every chapter is great. Everything he's ever written has been a bestseller, including the book of your life. And so I want to encourage you today. Let's go a little bit further and see, as James talks about, that we receive this engrafted word, but it's able to save your souls, what the King James says, or save you. It's able to save you. I'm just so thankful today because when I read the word, I just kind of discover something that God's word brings life. Okay, So the first thing I just want to talk about is God's word brings life. It is create, there's creative power there. In fact, God spoke the word and the worlds came into being. That's what the book says. And then it says that God breathed into man and man became a living soul. When Jesus was on the earth, he was preaching and he said in John chapter 6 that the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And so the word brings life. The word of God brings life. Does everybody believe that? Right. The word brings life. It has creative power. Amen. And so here's what's neat about it. The, the day that God spoke, the moment that God breathed into the nostrils of man and man became a living soul. The day that Jesus proclaimed that the words that I speak are spirit and the life. Amen. That same creative power, when you open this book in 2020, that same creative power is in this book. It's coming out of this book. It's in this book and it gets into your heart. Amen. That same creative power, that same life-giving power is in this book. Not only does God's word bring life, but it sustains life. It sustains it. It keeps it. It keeps on going and keeps on growing because it has life in it. That's God's word. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says that everything's held together by the power of God's word. God's word sustains life. So let's sum that up and just say that God's Word, God's words are life-giving, but they are life-keeping. Let me say that again. God's Word is life-giving, but it's also life-keeping. Amen. I believe that. And it being this live Word and this living Word and this healing Word, it's also a prophetic book. Notice that uh, all through the Old Testament especially, it's filled with prophecies. And this is a prophetic book. And one of the things I like about that is that not only the things that have been fulfilled, there's things that have yet to be fulfilled. There's things that God spoke in this book that haven't come to pass yet. There's things in this book that we can see that have already come to pass. It's been confirmed through science, through historical documents that's already been confirmed. But there's things yet to come to pass. So that tells me that it's a living word. Things are still uh, coming to pass. Things are still going to be fulfilled. So that makes the word of God relevant it makes it relevant up to date because there's things that haven't been fulfilled yet. Amen. Everybody believe that, right? So it 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 means that the word of God, even the prophetic book, that doesn't mean that it's again it's ancient text and it used to be a prophetic. No, it's still alive because there's prophecies in the Bible that still are have not come to pass. And so the word of God really is the certainty that God exists. It's the certainty that God speaks and it's the certainty that everything he said will come to pass. It's a prophetic book. So I believe that. But let me just say this quickly about prophecy and about a prophetic book. And it's very important that we understand this. Is that a lot of people want to run to a person to get a a prophecy or prophetic word. When sometimes they ignore the written word. What God already spoke to their life. or God already spoke in their life or over their life. And it's necessary. Prophecy is necessary. Getting prophetic word over life is necessary. In fact, that's one of the, uh, the essential elements of a healthy church, a New Testament church, is prophecy. I believe that. We believe in prophecy here. But I think it goes too far when we run to a person to hear a word from somebody and we neglect the written word. So I, I say it this way. A, a word from a man needs to confirm the written word. So a, a, word, a spoken word from a person needs to confirm the written word from God. And so that's, that's what it means there. So I just wanted to put that plug in about the prophetic book. And so I believe that. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It's the inspired word of God. And therefore, it is the authority of God. You see, if the Bible wasn't inspired, it wouldn't be authoritative. And if it's not an authoritative, then the only thing we have to interpret the book or to, to, to go by is our feelings. But I'm thankful today that the Word of God is inspired. It is the inspired Word of God, is the absolute truth, the final truth, and the authority of God. And so because of that, I can clearly say, amen, that I'm experiencing this Word. This Word is real, and this Word is more than just a historical document. This Word is life. This is the healing word of God. Amen. Let me go a little bit further in that. This word saves and heals. The word of God not only brings life, sustains life, but it saves and heals. Does everybody believe that? Or anybody believe that? It saves and heals. I'm a testimony of that. That God's word saves and heals. It rescues and delivers. It, It saves us. Amen. It leads us to salvation and it heals us. The word of life. The word of life, the word of God, is physically and spiritually, it heals us. It, it heals us. Look at the scripture in Psalms chapter 107, verse 20 and 22. This was about the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness about that time. It said, and they, the children of Israel, cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And he said to them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you out of distress. He brought them out of their distress what so the Bible says, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. The Bible says that he sent his word and he healed them. His word brings healing. Uh, I like what a, a guy wrote a book a couple years ago. And one of the things he said is you can't over medicate on the word of God. I like that. You can over-medicate on a lot of things you can, and a lot of things that you over-medicate on hurt your system. But one thing will not hurt your system is the Word of God. You cannot over-medicate on the Word of God. The more you read the Word, the more healing and deliverance you experience. I love that. Jeremiah, uh, God spoke to Jeremiah. G- Jeremiah saw this in his day, and God spoke to him through his word in chapter 30, verse 17, and said, I will give you back your health again and heal your emotional wounds. That's what it says. Now you are called the outcasts, and Jerusalem, the place nobody wants. I'm thankful today that God heals us spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. Amen. Can you say Amen. All right, yes, he does. And so then he goes on in Jeremiah chapter 33 and talks about Jerusalem a little bit more. And he says this, nevertheless, verse 6, I will bring health and healing to it, Jerusalem, and I will heal my people and let them enjoy abundant peace and security. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus' ministry was like this. In nine, chapter, 30, uh, chapter 9, verse 35, the Bible says that Jesus went through all the villages, all the towns, teaching in their synagogues, check this out, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease. Jesus showed us that the word and healing go together. Amen. Jesus, when He speaks His word, He brings healing. Amen. And so the Bible says that there was one uh, man that came to Jesus and he had a servant that was sick. And, and he said, if you just speak your word over him, Lord, he will be healed. And that's exactly what happened. There's healing in the word of God. I believe that. Amen. And so we also see this, that salvation, the word salvation, means healing, wholeness, or soundness. It means wholeness and healing. Amen. In Romans chapter 10, verse 7, it states this, that faith to get saved comes through hearing the Word of God. And so I believe and declare today that uh, the Word of God uh, saves us and heals us. Amen. It brings salvation, leads us to salvation and healing in Jesus Christ. But it also does this. It also rescues us and delivers us. I believe that. Again, I I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe that. And I wouldn't be here if that wasn't a reality in my life, didn't happen in my life. Amen. And all through the Scriptures, one of the things I'm encouraged about is every time that the people of God got in trouble, God spoke His word. Every time there was, there was a chaos, every time there was darkness and destruction, every time there was even death, God spoke his word. He spoke his word into a situation and he said, you may be facing armies, but I'm going to bring you victory. You may be facing sickness, but I'm going to bring healing. You may be facing darkness and separation, but I'm going to bring salvation. Every time we seem to get in trouble, guess what? God sends his word. He heals us, He saves us, He rescues us and delivers us through His Word. A good friend of ours, the late T.F. Tenney said this, When the storm rages, stick to the pages. I love that. Amen. And I, I noticed this and when I, I read the, the Exodus account, which is a picture of salvation in Jesus Christ and what Jesus has done for us. Moses, was. uh, God spoke to him up in the mountain to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage. And so he went back to Pharaoh, but what went with him? What went with Moses back to Egypt and to face Pharaoh? It was the word of God. God gave him the word, let my people go. And so the word of God brings deliverance. Amen, I believe that. The word of God brings deliverance. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 21 and 22, talking about the instructions of God, uh, the writer said this, Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and healing and health to all your flesh. That means your whole body. Uh, body, soul, and spirit is what he's talking about there. Amen. So the Word of God brings, uh, rescues us and delivers us, brings healing and salvation. And this is important to understand why, because we are facing adversity, especially right now. There's so many things that we're facing, and when we face adversity, it doesn't create problems. It only sometimes reveals them. In fact, someone said that adversity introduces a man to himself. But I want to add to that adversity can introduce you to God through his word. Amen. Adversity has a way to do that. Trouble has a way to do that. But when we get into a place that we need healing, Amen, God will send His Word. Amen. So if you need healing today, Amen, don't get on the phone or try to search online. Get into God's Word. God's Word, Amen, brings deliverance. Amen. I believe that with my heart. And you know something? You don't need deliverance until you're in trouble. You don't need healing until you, there's a sickness. You don't need rescued until you're lost, until you are outnumbered, you are overwhelmed, and you are completely uh, uh, broken down sometimes in your heart, and your heart's broken. That's when you need healing. That's when you need deliverance. And that's when you need the healing word of God Almighty. Amen. And so Psalms 119, 153 adds to it and says this, as this was a prayer, Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law or your word. Amen. I like this about God's Word. Notice this in my own personal life. God's Word keeps you from sin. But sin can keep you from God's Word. So let's stay, amen, in the pages of God's Word where there's health and life and deliverance and, amen, healing. Amen. God's Word can do that. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. There's liberty, freedom, and deliverance in the word of God. And when Jesus declared that he was anointed by God to preach, this is what he said. I'm here to preach the gospel, to set people free, to set the captive free, and what? Heal the broken hearted. Amen. There is salvation, there is healing, there is deliverance in the Word of God. It leads us to salvation. It gives us healing and it shows us the way of deliverance. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. And so when we want to apply this to our lives. And here's some keys I want to leave you with today. Amen. As we (coughs) talk about the healing Word today. In verse 22, as it said, don't just hear the Word of God, but do it. Amen. As we read that in in James chapter one, don't just hear the word, but do it. Notice this. Again, it talked about actively and continually obey God's word. And, And you know, in the Old Testament, God told his people, he said, Listen, I want you to, I want this word to be so close to you. And I want you to remember the word and be so involved in the word of God that you tie it on your head. I mean, think about it. You keep it right here. And the writer of Proverbs says, keep it in the middle of your eyes. And if something's that close, that's the first thing you see. And sometimes that's the only thing you see. And so he said, tie it on your head. Put it on your head. Put it on your arms. Put it around your waist. Let it be part of your life. What you see, what you handle, where you go. Let it be so uh, engrafted in your life that you experience salvation and healing and deliverance by the word of God. And I believe that knowing what to do is worthless if you don't know and if you don't have the conviction to motivate you to actually do the Word. It's so important here. This, we can't miss this today. It's great to hear about the Word, but the writer here, James, says he really emphasizes this. You've got to do it. You've got to put it into practice. It's got to be part of your life because you can you know, receive all the promises of the book. But you've got to live by the principles of the book. So many people want to experience the promises of the book, but they miss the principles of the book. And I believe that this is what James is stressing here, is that there's power in the Word of God, but you could miss it by not doing it. By hearing it is great, it excites us, it it gets us stirred up, but when we do it, there's another type, type of joy, there's another type of satisfaction we walk in. That's lasting, that is complete in our lives. It doesn't just here today, gone tomorrow. So many Christians come to church and they're stirred and they're excited or, yeah, that's good. But when they go back home, they forget about it. They, they completely uh, live another way. And you know something, it's the devil's job to steal the word, but it's the habit of man to forget the word. It's in our nature. We forget the word. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, don't let it slip from you. Don't let it go from you. Keep it in your heart. Keep it close to you. Amen. And I know some of us have several Bibles in our house or we have access to several apps through our... Let's take advantage of that. Let's get into the Word. Let's let the Word get into us and experience the healing of the Word of God. Amen. You know why? Because you can be spiritual and not effective. I believe that. You can be spiritual, not effective. You can go to church and do everything and not be effective and have God impact your life. But what makes you effective, what makes you fruitful, what makes it so powerful in our lives is that we do it. And when we just hear it, we actually do it. Because the original intent of the instruction of God way back in the beginning in Genesis was not just to hear the word, but to do it. When God spoke, he designed it so that we would actually act upon it. God's word demands a response. God's love demands a response. God's grace demands a response. God's mercy demands a response from us. Amen. I believe that. So in closing, I just want to encourage you what I said at the very beginning in order for it to have a powerful effect in your life. The word of God in order for you to experience everything that's in this book, everything God has for you in this book. It's got to take root in your heart. It's got to be something that becomes a part of your whole life and your whole being. And how does it happen? Because we do it because we read it and we we just say, "Okay, God, if that's what you said, I believe it. That's it. I just believe it. And I'm going to do it. If you're saying to me that I need to forgive, that's what I'm going to do. If you're saying that I've got to walk holy, that's what I'm going to do. If your word tells me that I've got to uh, love other people that I'm uncomfortable with, I don't like, that's what I'm going to do. If your word tells me that I've got to do this or I need this in my life, that's exactly what I want to do because I want to experience the healing word today. So today, if you need salvation, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, this book is for you. Amen. You ever seen those old Christians or some of the Christians that have been, uh, had a Bible for a long time? It's tattered, it's worn, there's all kinds of notes in it, and there's all kinds of paper sticking out of it. You know, and you know, there's an old saying that says, uh, you know, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to somebody who isn't. And so I want to encourage you today. Just get into the Word. Get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you. Can I pray with you today? Lord, we just thank you for the power of your Word. I thank you, Lord, that your Word saves, brings us to salvation in Jesus, rescues us, heals us, delivers us. Lord, whether we have five or six or seven Bibles in our homes or just like some of these villages overseas where they just have a page that they share, among a village, your word is precious. We don't want to take it for granted. We don't want to walk by it every day. Because Lord, the very thing we need is in the book. The very thing you're calling us to is in the book. The very person you're creating us to be is in the book. Our identity in Jesus Christ is found when we discover it in the book. Lord, I thank you today that your word brings healing. I'm praying, Lord, for those who don't know you, those who are away from you, far from you today, Maybe they've walked away. Maybe they were once saved and in church and they walked away. I pray for them today. I pray that you would just draw them by your love. Show them your goodness. Show them your goodness. I'm asking, Lord, show them your mercy. Overwhelm them with your love. Hallelujah, like you did me. And I pray, Lord, Lord, that they would understand that you never stop loving them, never stop caring for them. You're always reaching them and, uh, and reaching out to them. May they reach back today and come back to the faith, and come back to you, and get to know who Jesus Christ is. I pray for the Christians listening to me. I pray for their homes and their families. I pray for safety and protection and healing. Amen, today. And I I thank you, Lord, that you're raising up us today, in this generation, right now, to be a people of the healing word to our culture and our society who need it so desperately. Pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you.